1: everyone, and welcome to episode 109 of Parenting in Real Life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the whole thing.
1: <laughs> the end. Jack
0: just told me as I was putting him to bed quickly because I was like, we got to go podcast. He's like, just tell him you have COVID. I was like, nice.
1: <laughs> Isn't that kind of sad? That <laughs> That's where our six-year-old is like, everyone has COVID, so it's fine. It's a good it's excuse. The <laughs>
0: universal excuse, yeah. even for six-year-olds.
1: Just tell him you have COVID. <laughs>
0: And then our eight-year-old was like, uh, podcasts are online, so you can still do them if you have COVID. like,
1: wow.
0: <laughs> You forget, somebody mentioned on Sunday that their five-year-old has had half their life has been COVID. And I was like, holy smokes, that's sad.
1: Well, babies born like the beginning of COVID, like that March time, are almost two now. Yeah. They're toddlers, and their whole life has been during a pandemic. How sad. Woof. They don't know real life.
0: We don't talk about COVID.
1: If you haven't seen that, the Holderness family does a we don't talk about COVID video. It's It's a win. Pretty good. So before we get into our parenting in real life moment, I thought we could share a little parenting hack. And this is something that we like to talk about this time of year each year because it has made a huge difference for me. So if this can help anybody, then it's worth it. But we like to... Be more huga during the winter time and hygge if you haven't heard is the danish word translates closely to cozy or comfortable but it's the idea of the danish people who are really happy people even though they live in a very cold place where the sun doesn't <laughs> shine much in the winter but they're like the happiest people on earth and a lot of it has to do with this huga mindset and so in the winter time we tried to adopt where we've adopted some of these same some stuff. <laughs> some of these same ideas.
0: <laughs> so for us it's like we have fake candles that come on automatically at six. And
1: we also have real candles too that we like to we light. We do try
0: and light real candles, but you obviously have to like remember to do that.
1: We do the real candles for the smells and we do the fake candles for like the glowing ambiance yeah. at night.
0: Yep. We also our house is full of fluffy blankets and mm-hmm. I love it. Any room you go in, there's a fluffy blanket or seven. And so that's another one. Also, we've been doing really good this year of like doing stuff with friends. Mm-hmm. So sometimes winter is like the stay, hold up in your house and never see anybody. We've tried to not do that. And we've had several game nights where we had friends come over and play games. And you have to invite like twice as many people as you want because half of them are going to get COVID. So you just have to
1: <laughs> so plan on a
0: 50% COVID rate. But anyways, I love it. Even Alexis gets through winter with Huga.
1: I was just thinking, I think this is the best January I've had.
0: Part of it is that it's like 50 degrees. The kids are running around in short sleeves today. (laughs) So global warming is also helping. But besides that, it's been really great. The Snuggly Blanket. It's totally the Snuggly Blankets.
1: (laughs) I do use the Snuggly Blankets. And I drink (laughs) a lot of hot chocolate.
0: (laughs) And you don't feel bad about it. I think that's another thing they talk about is like, they're not trying to beach body winter. They're don't. just enjoying it, and they eat warm, comfort foods, and I love that.
1: Yeah, the Danish people, they don't worry about weight loss. They wear comfy clothing and stuff. It's more about comfort than it is about looks during the wintertime. So if you just kind mm. of adopt that mentality, you're just... The Danish
0: people are my people.
1: <laughs> it's just a happier time, and they've proven that. So if you struggle through the winter like... I especially do, then some of those things have really helped me a lot over the last couple of years and make a big difference. So, huga it up. I even have a mat because we have Nike near us and they had some huga mats that say huga. It's like a doormat. Yeah, a doormat. It says huga. So, at the front door. And Jack's friend was over the other day and he walked out. He's like, What does that say? (laughs) Nothing. And I was like, Huga. It means cozy in Danish. He's like, Okay. Uh, Yeah, try and
0: Google (laughs) huga and you will be wrong.
1: I'll tell you how to spell it. H y g g e.
0: That's the only issue I have with the Danes or Danish.
1: The Danish or the Danish are from Denmark, right?
0: The Denmarkians.
1: <laughs> We're
0: super international and well traveled.
1: Those some of those Scandinavians ones are a little.
0: All of them. Rough. I, know, I know Mexicans. <laughs> well, and like because the
1: Dutch, the Dutch are from the Netherlands, right? I think that's where we get confused. The Dutch yeah. are from Netherlands. The Danish are from Denmark. They just and this is
0: unrelated. The but Deutsch the Netherlands is German. the worst. What? The Netherlands, they call themselves Dutch. Their flag is red, white, and blue, and their color is orange. (laughs) Since we're coming up on Olympic season, I just have to gripe about this. Like, (laughs) Like, get it together.
1: Who are those orange people?
0: Who are your marketers? Because they are out of control. (laughs) On one hand. On the other hand, everybody's red, white, and blue, and so you always know that orange guy that's winning all of the stupid winter sports. It
1: just makes them stand out. I know. That's what they're looking for.
0: Yeah. I I get really anti-Netherlands during Winter Olympics (laughs) because they they just win everything. I'm like, there's like six people there, and they're all wearing orange, and they're annoying.
1: And they're winners.
0: (laughs) Winter winners. (laughs) They can have it. (sighs) Let's get to our parenting in real life moment. I was out on a work trip last week, and we're not even going to talk about how rough that was for Alexis.
1: Actually, honestly, it wasn't as bad. I actually felt pretty good going into it, and it went pretty well. I was... Feeling pretty good about it.
0: Check it out. Well, I was gone, and I think we've shared that Cammy has a phone, but our other kids, our other two oldest, have smart watches where they have very limited functionality. But they can send voice messages. <laughs> but they're like limited to 30 seconds. So I was on my last day of my work trip and all of a sudden I'm at work and I got like eight voice messages from Nathan. And apparently, somehow he found this new Pokemon game on the Nintendo Switch that's coming out. And he told me all the details. (laughs) He's like, hey, dad, here's this Pokemon game. And it's 3D. And it's coming out on this day. And it costs this much money. And I really want it for my birthday. And just like went through the whole thing. And it's actually kind of a proud parenting moment for me. Because (laughs) I love Pokemon. I only had one Game Boy game my entire life growing up. I bought my own Game Boy. And I only had money for one game. And it was Pokemon so that is my favorite game and we just got one for the switch but this one's cool in 3d and all the things apparently but it was very funny
1: but i love that that he thought to communicate with you and then did it because i was talking to the girls i'm like you can like call or text dad and they're like oh i think it like didn't even cross their mind like oh i could still communicate with him even though he's not here you know yeah.
0: so and nathan just totally did yeah it was fun
1: I just want to remind you about our sponsor for this month, Pine and Needle Boutique. Use parenting20 for 20% off. They have really cute women's clothing, lots of different options, all different sizes from extra small up to 5X. So, if you are looking for a cute outfit to wear, a cute new sweater or jacket, or whatever you need for the winter, that is also something that can help boost up your spirits during these terrible winter months. So, if you're looking for a fun boutique to find some unique clothes, then definitely check out Pine and Needle Boutique and use parenting20 for 20% off. And then last week we had the interview with Jason Harwood and we talked about how to do tiny habits. And one of my favorite things about that episode was when you're doing the three steps of creating a tiny habit, the very last thing was to celebrate it. And even though it's super small, but just still like physically celebrate. And so I put on Instagram, I asked what people were celebrating that day. Cause my celebration was that I got the food in the crock pot because I always forget. And then I'm scrambling and I'm like, shoot, I didn't do my crock pot recipe. So now what are we going to do? So my friend, Randy said that she was celebrating her daughter, trying new vegetables and enjoying them. And I'm like, that is perfect. Some small thing. We want our kids to eat healthy. A lot of times they hate it, but just the fact that she's trying it and then actually liking it, that is definitely a win and something we're celebrating. I love
0: it. Pump those fists. Yes. I should celebrate when I eat vegetables.
1: Yeah, you should. <laughs> I like some. So make sure today as you're parenting, look for something small to celebrate. And yeah, pump those fists, jump up and down, say hooray, something to physically tell your brain, you You did did a good good job.
0: (laughs) Coordinated. And now for our hot mess, hot minute. Today we're going to talk about how to survive grad school. We know this stage of life for a lot of you means supporting somebody through school and... In our case, it was me, and we were in Wisconsin, a million miles from family for the first time in our lives. So, we go through all the tips and the missteps that we made as I went through grad school.
1: And this was a listener question that we had when we sent out our survey. Somebody was asking about this. So, so you better
0: be listening. This
1: was a great time to talk about it.
0: I mean, yeah. (laughs) This is a great time to talk about it.
1: So, to start off our conversation today, we wanted to share an experience that we had. (laughs) I think We've kind of talked about this before. So when Alan had decided on a grad school, we knew we were going like two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant with our fourth child and this was back in like March. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So months later in August, we got to Wisconsin and then in December we had Jack. And so we had our fourth baby. We had four children, four and under and it was a crazy time. But along with that, his due date was on Alan's day of finals. It wasn't
0: just finals. The first day of the semester, they said, mark this down your calendar. You have to present your group project to this board of professors. And it was like 80% of the grade. It was it. This was the big deal. And it was all based on what you said. There's very little written portion of this. And so they said, mark this day off. And I looked and I was like, oh. That's the day our fourth child is due.
1: That's pretty rare for your child to become on their due date. We did have one of those. Our oldest child. But it wouldn't be that weird for it to be
0: born like a few days before, which would have been almost as bad. That's true. In some ways worse. So anyway, I went to him and was like, hey, just so you know, this is happening. So I may need to be a little flexible and let me do it like the day before, the day after. And they're like, nope. What would you do in the business? Anyways, I think we've complained about this before. But (laughs) they were not understanding
1: so sometimes grad school is going to be that way, where they're not very flexible, they're not very understanding, and that makes it hard on families.
0: More so than a job, which is frustrating. Yeah. Like, in a job, people are trying to keep you, and in grad school, they feel like you owe you're them. paying them, so they can stick it to you. At least that's the vibe I got sometimes. Yeah.
1: Luckily, Jack did not come on his due date. We got him induced two days later, because I'm like, well, this is close enough to Christmas as I want to get, so let's mm. have this baby now. hmm <laughs> But it worked out in our favor. But that is sometimes the tricky thing about grad school. So we have four points that we wanted to talk about to help anybody who is going through this time, about to go through this time. Maybe it's not even grad school. Maybe your husband has a new job and he works all the time and you are home by yourself with kids and it's just a lonely time. It's a hard time. So hopefully some of these can help you. We're also going to share some of the fails that we had during these times Mm -hmm. (laughs) to let you now learn from our mistakes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you make this a little bit more broad, it's really about living far away from family in a new place, especially when one of you is super busy. Mm -hmm.
1: So our first tip is to use it as a time to be on your own. That was one of the big deciding factors when we chose to go to Wisconsin is we wanted to go somewhere different than where we had done our undergrad, where we grew up. Let's go try something else. This might be our only chance. And I think that was a really good choice. We experienced a lot of different things. It was challenging in that we were far from family, especially with small children. So that was hard, but it just creates a different dynamic. So if you have that opportunity to go to a different state for a while, I say take it.
0: Yep. It's time-bound, so if you don't like it, you can move back.
1: Yeah, you can leave. Right? <laughs> like you have to get
0: a job out of grad school or, you know, as you're moving on to the next thing anyway.
1: And now for a quick break. It brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. When you are on your own like that, it allows you to establish your own family traditions. You start to realize, okay, mom and dad aren't doing these things that we're going to, so what does our family want to do? What are we going to recreate? What new traditions do we want to have? What do we like? What do we not like? It just allows you that time to really think about what you want your family to look like mm-hmm. and not rely on your extended family.
0: Yep. I actually just saw an article that was talking not just to couples, but to anybody in This business consultant said that he talks to a ton of young business professionals. And his number one tip is to make sure that you live somewhere else during your 20s. And he said, it's just really important to kind of become your own person. He was like purely talking from the business perspective. But I thought that was interesting because it's very similar to what we found.
1: And allows you just to meet different types of people, too. I think a lot of different states have kind of like a certain type of people that live there. Or if they all grew up there, you know, they all like the same things or do the similar things. And I think it just allows you to experience just other parts of the United States that might have different cultures and activities and stuff and a way to make different types of friends. Like when we do our Christmas cards, I love that our Christmas cards go all over the U S because we just have friends all over the place now mm-hmm. because we met them in Wisconsin, but now they have left and they're over here and we're over here. So it's just a, a good way to meet different types of people too.
0: It is. And it just makes like more of the country or wherever you've stayed feel like home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like now when I hear about the Midwest, I have this like, Oh, Midwest. Yeah. The second tip is to explore where you are. Every city, especially if you're there for school, I feel like that's the great thing about school towns is they always have fun stuff, right? Schools just create a fun environment around them. So we didn't do this perfect. We asked a lot of people that were there before us where we should live and they gave us some tips and we had a giant family. And so we ended up living like 40 minutes, 30 on a good day, 40 on most days. We ended up living far away from the town. Where most of the students live within biking distance of the school, I drove for 10 or 15 minutes and then I bust for another 20 or 30 minutes Mm -hmm. because parking was really hard downtown. So most people walk or bike and I couldn't do either. So I had to ride the buses and it was really annoying. So that is something that I feel like we blew it.
1: Well, yeah, because our family was larger, we were looking for a townhome, and townhome prices in the city versus outside of the city were extremely different. Yeah.
0: So it saved we us a lot We should have of just ponied up and done the city thing for a while.
1: Yeah, we could have tried it. We didn't know.
0: Alexis' cousin does it with 100 kids in New York City.
1: <laughs> so for four kids.
0: So We had four kids. Um, <laughs> anyway, we didn't, and that is a regret.
1: Something else that we regret is we didn't go to a Wisconsin football game. Ugh. That's like a big deal for that school because we had a new baby and I didn't want Alan to be gone all day because I felt stressed at home and we didn't have the money for both of us to go and get a babysitter. So we just didn't do it. And looking back, we're like, we should have just done it. We should have gone and experienced that.
0: And we are super thrifty people, but this is one of those times where I regret our thrift. (laughs) We chose a place that was cheaper. We chose not to do things because we were trying to be thrifty. The end result is that we still have a truckload of student loans I don't think this was going to be the thing that broke us.
1: Yeah. And so now we want to go back to Wisconsin to experience it. So we have.
0: <laughs> now we have to go back to Wisconsin, make a whole trip out of it because we didn't do all these things.
1: We're planning an anniversary trip for just the two of us to go. But looking back, we should have just done it when we were there.
0: That said, another great thing about college towns is they often have free stuff. And Madison was amazing.
1: Oh, they had a free
0: zoo, a legit zoo, polar bear at the zoo. It was zoo. awesome.
1: It was great. It
0: was. Almost as good as the zoo in Utah, and that one costs like 30 bucks a piece. So it is amazing. Do the free stuff. They also had a great children's museum. Mm -hmm. All campuses have a bunch of museums and stuff. There's just so much cool stuff to do. So embrace that and do those things.
1: And that's great, too, if your budget is low. There are definitely free things in your area that you can do on low to no budget. So make sure you find those free things, too, and just explore that area.
0: Yep. Also, it's fun to become like an insider. You know, I feel like colleges are really good at teaching people that aren't from there what the things are. So people told us about the farmer's market and we did do that. And it was
1: spectacular.
0: That's another thing we will do when we go back because it's so cool.
1: Yeah, we ate the cheese curds and you have not tried fried cheese curds until you've been to Wisconsin. Nobody does it like Wisconsin. So we made sure we had those and their burgers and we went to Lambeau Field and we went to... Door County, which is a famous place, there. So, we made sure to hit some of those iconic things in Wisconsin because we knew when we left, we probably wouldn't be there again. I mean, we're gonna make a special trip out of it, but it's not really like somewhere you it's drive not on through.
0: He's <laughs> on the way exactly nowhere.
1: Yeah, it's tucked up in there. So, make sure you just find those things that are great about that state, that area, and go check them out. Something that you may not know. Frank Lloyd Wright actually lived in Wisconsin for quite a bit of time. And he has 43 buildings there. So if you're into architecture, that would have been awesome. And I think they're probably free or really inexpensive. Yeah. So And weird. And weird.
0: His architecture is weird.
1: <laughs> but he's famous. And so if you're into that thing, that's really cool. So yeah. just find... Find stuff like that. Like Harry Houdini also lived in Wisconsin. They had a museum about him and stuff. So just find those weird little things about famous people who lived there or things that were left behind and go check them out. It's cool to get to know that place.
0: That said, it's a good idea for some of those things to get a local to take you. When we were in Wisconsin, I had an opportunity to go ice fishing. And I thought that would be fun. But it ended up that all of the locals that were supposed to come dropped out. And so it was just me and another kid that had never been ice fishing before. And it had rained the night before. It was like 40 degrees. It was like unseasonably warm in February. And so we went to like the little ice shanty just off the ice where you can buy bait and stuff. And we're like, can you drive on the ice? There's like water on the ice. And he's like, oh, it's fine. Get out there. And so I was in my Hyundai on the ice and somebody had told me where to go. And they told me there's a couple places, there's this big crack in the ice, but there's a couple places where you can go over the crack. And so just go over there and then you'll see the the little shanty that you can go to. So we drove out there and it was wild. I have a video of me driving on this water covered ice. It was surreal and terrifying. So we got out there, we could see our ice shanty, we could see the crack. And I saw a spot where from where we were, it looked like that. That There was some sort of like natural bridge and this was probably a hundred yards away. So I start driving slowly, but about 20 yards away, I realized that's a big crack, not a natural bridge. So I hit the brakes, but we're freaking on ice. And so I just slid and it was like a slow-mo surreal experience, like just slid and finally came to a stop right as my front wheels went off the hard ice and onto like the slushy ice right at the edge of the crack. And sunk in, and so I have a picture of the nose of my car basically touching the lake in this crack. And then the worst thing is like six in the morning. All the fishermen, they're all out there in their trucks, knowing what they're doing. And I have to go bug them. And I had to get this guy to tow us out. Terrible. I had to get two tow ropes because it was stuck in there so bad. So he had to scoot way back. He broke my car. And when he was cutting the tow ropes apart because they were stuck together, so he had to cut them apart. He cut his hand open. It was the worst day of my life, and I will never go ice fishing, even with a local. So, that's just to say.
1: We do still have that car.
0: (laughs) We do still have that car, and if you go over 70, it rattles, because the alignment is permanently destroyed. But we're looking to sell it soon, so please don't tell anybody. (laughs) The third thing is to make friends and find groups.
1: Yep, I found, like I mentioned, the time that Alan was in grad school was a really lonely time for me. Probably a lot of it where we were located and just the fact that I had just had a baby made it hard for me to make friends. And I wasn't going out much because I had a newborn and I just felt very alone. And I think if I were to do that again, I would be better about reaching out to people and planning play dates or, I don't know, just going places more often and that usually was my go-to as a mom of young children we just went out of the house a lot we went to anything that I could go to anything that was free or inexpensive we would just go because I just needed to get out of the house but it was usually just me and the kids I usually didn't do with other people and so I just needed that adult time and I wasn't really getting it so there are places to find people like find friends find groups of friends Sometimes the school, if you're out of school, they'll have like a spouse group. UW wasn't great about that.
0: They mm-hmm. had one, but most of the people didn't have kids. So even though there was a spouse group, there wasn't a great like kid group. There was one other dude that had a kid and we hung out with him sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like it was,
0: it. <laughs> he was a single dad. And so it wasn't great for Alexis.
1: Yeah. And so other schools I know are better at that, especially like BYU, if you do a graduate school there and like our sister-in-law had a really great experience with the spouse group at BYU. So there are schools that are better at that than others. If you attend church, definitely check there. I know parks are a great place, Facebook groups or preschool, like anywhere that you're going or even online, look for those mom groups that you can just start doing play dates with just to Start having that interaction.
0: And, and I, again, if this is a school thing for you, then usually there's other people in your boat, right? So when you go to the park, the odds that those people don't have friends and don't know people is pretty high.
1: Mm-hmm. Higher
0: than if you were in just some suburban town somewhere. Yeah. I think you do have to kind of get yourself out there, which is hard sometimes.
1: It is hard, especially for someone... Like, I'm an introvert, and so going up to somebody I don't know and be like, hey, you want to be friends? Like, that feels so uncomfortable to me, and it, I don't want to do that. Alan's brother... And his wife, they're in grad school right now. Something that they did recently that I loved is they just went around and started like asking people in their complex because they love in an apartment. I mean it was through our church app and so they could see who the members of our church. And they would just invite them over, you know, and say, hey, let's get together. They didn't know them. They'd never seen them before, but they knew that they were a young couple too and let's just see if we can be friends, you know? And so they would just reach out to these people and have them over. And I thought, that is so awesome. That's so terrifying to me.
0: <laughs> but it does help to do it together.
1: Yeah. And so I think if it's scary to do it by yourself then doing it with your spouse is less scary. Yep. So that's another way you can do it too. And then our last tip for you, which is something that we weren't great at either, is just arrange with your spouse when they're going to be home so that you can leave and have some time either to yourself or a girls' night or something. Sometimes you just need to be able to get away from your kids because you're with them all day long. You just need that space and some alone time.
0: We were terrible at that. We were so overwhelmed that we never left each other when we didn't have to. And so in grad school, I had tons of stuff where I had to leave, but there was never an excuse for Alexis where she had to leave. So it meant she was with the kids 24 seven for two years. Yeah. It was rough.
1: So it was a hard time.
0: So if we had to do it again, if ever I'm home and there were times where I was home, even if it was like a Sunday, like just find an excuse to leave and go out.
1: And just, I mean, it could be a walk, you know, like take a 30 minute walk. Yeah. I went running in the mornings and I would do that. I don't even like to run, but I needed something. So, and it was freezing. So, but like go on a walk, go on a run, just get outside, take care of yourself, exercise. But yeah, have that conversation with your spouse of when can you schedule it in? Like, this is when I'm going to be out by myself, you know? So make sure you're, you're getting that in there.
0: That house had really cool walking trails.
1: Yeah, it did. That was one of my favorite parts about where we did live. There was a reserve by our house, and Mm. it had this wooden walkway through it, and it was so pretty. It was like a
0: boardwalk. Yeah. So it was like nice and raised and clean, and but also just spectacular.
1: Well, Wisconsin's so green. It was full of trees, and there's this little creek that went through it. Frogs
0: in the spring. It was
1: really cool. It was cool.
0: You did have to pass one house that sometimes had their dog out, and they didn't (laughs) have a fence. They just had one of those invisible fences, and you never knew if he was really going to stop. So sometimes I didn't like to go walking.:
1: <laughs> Alan has a fear of dogs, you <laughs> didn't know that well. I, I scared fear
0: to <laughs> just dogs. I feel like you can be afraid of a lot of things. <laughs> if you put your mind to it, you can be afraid of everything. So if you're away from home and one of you is very busy with something and you're away from family, hopefully some of these tips will help. I would say my one challenge from all of this is just be intentional about it. Don't let these years just pass you by. One of you is going to be crazy busy, but make the most, especially if it's a limited time in a space, make the most of it. Decide what do we want to get out of this? What do we want to do? And see if some of these tips help you do that. Come away from it loving the place you were, right? Even if it's not the easiest two years or however many years of your life, hopefully you feel like I love that place and it has good feelings because of whatever, whatever that means for you. You found fun things, you found fun people, or whatever.
1: I do feel like we did come away, especially me, loving Wisconsin.
0: I like Wisconsin a lot. Alexis still thinks we need to live there, and
1: I don't, but I love Wisconsin. <laughs> well, after grad school, we lived in one place for a year in Wisconsin, and that was an amazing experience. It was so different than our grad school experience, and I miss that feeling from that. And so I loved, love, love, love that part. So, if you do have that opportunity to really love where you are and love lots of different things about it,
0: go and do. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Parenting IRL Podcast or find us on our website at parentinginreallife.com.
1: Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating.
0: And a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. Have fun. Bye. Was that 40 minutes?